One, two, three, four. What's up, Akron? It's Cody and Chris this week. We're at Musica. And thank goodness, because it's hot as hell. Spoils of Akron, the Spoils of Akron podcast. So, pa. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Spoils of Akron podcast. My name is Cody Stanley, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris Miller. And this is a podcast all about the art, culture, and eccentric residents of the Rubber City. Did you just swear? Did I? In the theme song? I don't think it's technically a swear. I don't think it's a swear. I'm kind of concerned about you. Are you? It's (laughs) really hot, so I think it was appropriate. It is extremely hot. Yeah. Indeed. (laughs) So today uh, we have a special guest, a gentleman I've known for a number of years. Um, He's done a lot of work with a local private school, worked with the homeless population. He's involved in the creative community as well. Jason Horinger. How's it going, Jason? Welcome. Good. I'm I'm excited to be here, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And and we're... uh, this is a, a, a podcast slash sweat lodge today. Yes. Is that what it is? So I, that was, I, I didn't realize. Sweat lodge cast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I sat in my car today you didn't wear the, the air conditioning we're, on. We're tap into our spiritual side, <laughs> our primal uh, Native American origins. You were um, especially in touch what with is it, right? Are, guys, are, are we going for so four much. or six hours today? <laughs> one or the other. Hours. Yes. <laughs> I, I sweat normally, and this is, yeah, today is probably one of the hottest days, I think, yet. Yeah, ni- 90 plus. 90 plus. Yeah. I, I know last Saturday, um, I helped that Kaboom program build a playground, and it was so Ugh. excruciatingly hot. <laughs> I shoveled mulch for like six hours. Ouch. <laughs> I said, you know, I, I'm going to just go as a civilian. I'm in North Hill now. I wanted to give back to the neighborhood. And I don't want to do all this video stuff. I just want to work, you know, yeah. volunteer. And now I will never go anywhere without a camera again or <laughs> 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 shovel mulch. So, so Jason uh, uh, recently, or actually not recently, but will open this weekend, yeah. a brand new store called Birchwood Supply Company. Yep, you yeah. got it. And, it, and this is, uh, not only is it a new endeavor, a new uh, vintage uh, repurposed goods store, yeah. you know, this is a big leap for Jason, right? You, yeah, you're kind of leaving one career and going to the other. So tell us about that. Throwing it all in. Um, it's something I've been doing on the side for the last few years uh, with another local artist, Micah Krause. We had a, a company we did called Retread Akron. Started out as Architectural Salvage. Uh, and then just from that process, which is the fun part, it has been a process, um, I've really found my art form, both in curating kind of a just the store in of itself mm-hmm. but also just furniture and and having an eye for specific things so just over the last few years it's one of those things the stars kind of aligned uh trusted the process and now we've got a storefront you know it's been it's been a wild ride but yeah leaving that endeavor i've uh, been in education for the last nine years um, never thought i would leave necessarily but it's mm-hmm. nice to be leaving to start your own business Sure. I know even when you were teaching and I met you, you had made some comment about if you have any old pieces of barns, <laughs> I want them. Yeah, I had, you know, where I used to live, we had a big ba- old barn on the Oh, property. I remember that and conversation. Like, this yeah. guy loves Absolutely. wood from barns. I'm like, that's a really interesting <laughs> hobby, interesting you know, uh, focus. It's, it's interesting in just in reflecting on this process because it's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying right, you know, right. to, to leave a lot of different things behind and strike out. Um, but I look back on, you know, 31 years of my life, and a lot of times I was joked around about with uh, my uncle, you know, Sanford and son, you know, Junkin and, mm-hmm. you know, 
stockpiling and hoarding stuff and things like that but you just kind of see it's funny how to see this process come to fruition you know from that from my old man you know he was kind of uh back in his early years was a hippie train you know he hopped trains all that stuff um but flea markets growing up he always had an eye and a love for all like he loves case knives mm-hmm. you know like he's passed that on to me and he sends me stuff from you know nevada and, and just that's where he lives right now so it's just crazy to see all of that come into play it's like oh that's what it means right now is he pretty happy you're opening a store like this? he's probably happier than i am about <laughs> it he's coming in town soon and he uh he's coming in for like a month he he teaches out there and just retired but picked up another job um so he's coming in town and it actually coincides nicely with the opening of the shop. And he's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm just going to hang at the shop all yeah. the time. So if, <laughs> if, if, I, if it gets to be too much, just kick me out. <laughs> so can you kind of tell us, like, how, uh, I guess, this – can you call it a dream? Like, this is something yeah, that – Yeah, no, it yeah. essentially is. Can you you call, know, not essentially. It absolutely okay, is. Okay, can you tell us, like, how it came to fruition? Like, what – with what the stepping stones were yeah. to get to Actually, this you know, point. Akron was a huge, you know, as, as I went through the whole process of everything, um, I'm from Akron, born mm-hmm. and raised, loved it, was born in Goodyear Heights, you know, it is in every way a part of me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I went to school in Texas for four years, but it was never, I never had a mindset of, I need to get the heck out of Akron. I, it was always for me, how fast can I get back to Akron? Partly because of family. Um, and partly just because it's who I am. You know, I, being in Texas and Austin, the weather was beautiful. I always joke with people. It's like, I love gray skies. I love rain. I love <laughs> the seasons. I love fall. You know, I, there's so much about it that's just me. Um, and, I, and I've always wanted to be an ambassador for that because I always know there's awesome stuff happening. So this coming to fruition, um, it started early on, like I said, with, with my friend Micah mm-hmm. and him pushing – and believing and cultivating in me, you are an artist, you know, and I never thought about that traditionally and then my mind never worked that way. Um, you know, but Crafty Mart was a huge, huge endeavor we got in and the Cleveland Flea was something we jumped in on. So both of those we got in on pretty early and seeing those shows, being a part of a maker community and just getting in touch with people mm-hmm. and cultivating that and seeing like there are people that this is what they do and this is their gig. So just spending some time with it and really sitting in and let it percolate and let it drip with me. Um, and then, like I said, just the stars aligning and realizing I, I really think this is what I was cut out to do. You know, I really think for me this was, this is where I belong. You know, because you look at different parts of your life in different facets um, and in different ways I think they all fulfill you. But when I think about this, you know, for the longest time, Mike and I talked about, do we want to go full-time with Retread? Do we just want to quit what we're doing and go full-time? There were a lot of stipulations with that. Financially, emotionally, relationship-wise, you know, and, and teaching, especially where we were at, everything's based on relationships. So initially the conversation was, well, we're going to lose a lot of those relationships. But as time went on, I realized you don't. One, you keep those, but it opens up other avenues. Um, so it's just letting, letting myself come to terms with that and really just believing in myself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have where I, obviously I have those moments of doubt where it's very hard to believe in yourself because you hit a road, you, you know, you, you hit a, a block with something and you're just there and you just got to sit with it for a while. Um, but I've always been a huge proponent emotionally of you can't fake happiness. You know, if you're sad, be sad, ride it out. Cause that's going to make, you know, we're right to that point, right to that precipice, that cusp of, you know, we're there. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's been a it's been a process trusting that process. But 
the creative community in Akron, the creator creative community in Northeast Ohio, cultivating that, seeing other people, like the other people that laid the groundwork for it. Um, going to Crafty Mart as a participant, you know, just going and seeing local people and wanting to support local and then being a part of that. It just, it changes your mind. It, it, it shaped a lot. Yeah, there's, there seems to be a whole um, really thriving trend of repurposed vintage store uh, um, store owners who who are taking some of these materials and making some beautiful new things out of them and yeah and as an artist that that definitely is an art form because you, you see uh, used or possibly discarded items as your possible canvas which is creating. great because yeah because financially that's stuff's expensive <laughs> right. price in town, right? <laughs> exactly yeah yeah exactly absolutely and and so you talk about retread Akron how does this uh, effort differ from retread, or how is it similar? You know, actually, both feed the hoarding mentality I have. You know, but I've gotten better mm-hmm. at understanding there's more out there, um, and understanding like, okay, you've got to sell this stuff. Like, you can't. Right. It all can't go. Just can't. I don't want to create a museum. Mm-hmm. Retread Akron started out more in within the context of we want to get the material into the hands of people that create, you know, that artistic community. And there's a lot of waste going on. Buildings are being torn down. Um, We want to save that. We want to salvage that and make that available to people at stupid prices, essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, bad business model prices. Um, And then over time, pretty early on, we realized just the two of us, we were hitting some roadblocks with things. It's, that's a, it's a tough endeavor to start. Because you're you're fighting a lot of bureaucracy, if I, if I can say that correctly. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah. But then at the same time, it was difficult because that's just a lot of wear and tear. You know, like I was in my mid twenties, but I felt like I was like making myself a lot older than it needed to be. And plus, we had full time jobs. So, mm-hmm. just opening ourselves up to the avenues, you know, and that's kind of where everything, the inception of everything happened, and just transitioning to some of this vintage stuff having an eye for it, being out there, talking to people, and, and just finding some cool stuff. So, so Retread was, was providing some of the materials for other people to create with, and now this is like... Yeah. You're, you're a creator now with some of these used materials. A lot of those, a lot of those materials that we got early on I still have available yeah, to really? me, you know, like, and I'm transitioning <laughs> over to the shop and bringing some over, and it's tough, but yeah, I mean, that's stuff we've had for two and a half, three years. So, so where is this uh, store? This, the store, which I'm excited about, is because my initial thought process was you want to be in a hopping area in Akron. Mm-hmm. So I'm either going to look, push to the square in Highland Square or I want to be downtown because there's a huge movement going on downtown. You know, people always talk about, you know, downtown this, downtown that. My, you know, my day and I bring up my dad again. He moved out to Vegas 20 years ago. And he's upset every time he comes back now. He's like, I wish I would have never have moved. You got Canal Park. You got this. Mm-hmm. Downtown's lively again. And all he remembers is when it was like a dust bowl. You know, it was empty. Nothing I, was I there. I remember those days, too, because I've, I've been here my whole life. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, late 80s, early 90s. There wasn't much no. downtown. And then I'd say in the late 90s, things started to turn around. And now it's a whole different city. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I as well as you would watch friends of mine as I was younger move away because yep. I said there's nothing Absolutely. here in Akron and they, they sort of mildly chastised me for staying. Absolutely. It made me feel bad or like I was missing out on something but actually they were missing out. It <laughs> <laughs> still are. Those who have, you know, are still away. Yeah. So It's I'm, that badge. Yeah. You know, like we wear is. that badge proudly now. 
Yeah, I, I my 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 motto was as long as I could find work, I would stay yeah. here, and I did. I, and although I had to work in Cleveland for a number of years, um, yeah, in, but you in made my it industry, work. But yeah, I would commute from Akron, but um, and and there weren't many publishing jobs in Akron, so I'm like, I'm gonna create a site and a publishing <laughs> job, and I kind of did indirectly, you know. Um, so I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, Highland Square definitely has picked up tremendously yeah. and is a cultural epicenter. And I, I, as you know, for what I do with the Akronists and with trying to help people with you know neighborhood getting information out about neighborhoods, I really Highland Square is kind of like a model community for other neighborhoods, and we're trying to get like North Hill, Kenmore, yeah. um, even even Ellet. Yeah, Firestone and Park is Firestone a little square Park. in there. Yeah. yeah, Summit Lake. Surprisingly, there's going to be a farmers market. Yeah. Uh, I think next week and a, re- a regular, I think weekly market there. That's awesome. Um, so, so Highland Square has been a great role model, kind of like a big sibling for other neighborhoods who are trying to find their own yeah. uh, thing. You know, find their own own voice, find their own unique style, and so that that's excellent. Yeah. So th- there are there are a few other uh, vintage repurpose stores are you are you friends with them are they good yeah. them as competitors no and how, how's everyone no get along? no it's beautiful um it's been a it's been an interesting you know it's a transition to considering myself an entrepreneur considering myself a shop owner considering myself you know a cog in the wheel which is all i really want to be you know i'm not trying to be alpha dog mm-hmm. i love the idea of just being a cog in a wheel in akron and there's so many of those cogs that make this the city turn um so yeah, you've got Gypsy Grace Vintage Goat mm-hmm. right next door. You got Stagecoach, which is which has been the anchor for so long. Sure. Um, and then just down the road, you've got Land of Plenty, mm-hmm. and then Rich at West Hill, which mm-hmm. is just West Hill Hardware, and anybody that knows knows. Um, and then a little further down the road, Hazel Tree, and and they've kind of evolved since you know five years ago when they started. But we've got a district, you know, from right. Birchwood Supply at the old floor shop at Market and Merriman, all the way to. Hazel Tree, and then go a little further down at Bookdale, you got the bomb shelter, you know, and right. I've talked to right. Kevin a bunch down there. So we've got the, you know, and people have talked for so long, you know, we want a connector from downtown to the square, but we've got this strip of market. What do we do with it? Well, we've got the connector now. You've got this vintage home decor, um, just, all, I mean, Christy at Land of Plenty does parties and events all the time. Um, You've got Gypsy Grace, Vintage Goat. They're doing events monthly, and they're doing awesome stuff. Things I want to get into, you know, event hosting, having bands play, having people rent the space out um, for different things. So, yeah, we're all – actually, we're working on um, – Karen's kind of heading it up and has talked to all the shop owners. Uh, hopefully sometime in September we're trying to do a shop hop, you know, in the evening, get the trolley out, have people walk in on market, do some stuff. Hmm. We're all working together. You know, there's yeah. no – we all do things a little differently. Um, we all can push people, you know, if they'll come and look for something specific, we can push them to where they need to go. And, you know, we've all got a different aesthetic to some degree, but there's no air of competition. We're not out to get each other. Um, and I think in this industry, when you're talking vintage stuff, uh, stagecoach, stagecoach with some of their antiques, I think um, you can't have competition. You know, it's one's not going to trump the other. I think you can only be successful when, when everybody's working together and that's when you thrive. Yeah, I like that about Akron. We're we're not really competitive among the artists, among business owners, even among a lot of us new media folks who are out there telling mm-hmm. stories. You know, we 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 help each other rather than try to yeah. you know uh, stab stab in the back and and try to compete. Um, and speaking of Karen at Hazel Tree, you, you were a part of it. Art 
uh, exhibit there last yeah. year, which was really cool. Cody, yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to see these. They they use molds from old tire factory molds uh, and, and created some really cool stuff with those giant you know mirrors yeah. and and, and Sh- I, Shannon Ensign was one I got hooked up with uh, from that, and Karen had talked about her for years. And actually, that's spawned an awesome relationship with she and I, and she's kept close tabs with me, and I, and, and uh, she's actually engaged currently and going to be married this summer, which is super awesome. But just an awesome individual that has supported me um, and met her at the Eight Spokes show and at Hazel Tree, and it's been awesome. But yeah, her, her late husband was one that kind of pioneered that and refinishing them in mirrors and, and doing some cool stuff with it. Huh. Yeah, it was amazing stuff, and, and Karen has kind of led the way, I think, uh, or part of, you know, as, as among people who led the way in be, uh, making fine art out of yeah. some of these recycled goods, and there is enough room for everybody, I think, you know, as the, you know, we have 200,000 people in Akron, and now more people than ever are interested in locally sourced items, locally sourced food, local art. Um, you know, local, locally made furniture and home goods. So I, I think there, there definitely is a market for everyone. And I like the idea of, of using building space for event space because yeah. I feel like that every night there's an event now. Yeah, <laughs> no, people want to do it's stuff. So much going on. Yeah. yeah, people get it. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's it's uh, it's thriving. So yeah, very it, much so. It's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely neat to see. Uh, you know, we. From doing the podcast, I have learned a lot about, you know, like old Akron. And I that is not something I grew up with. So I don't understand, like, not seeing all this stuff going on or things like that. So it's kind of cool to see, I guess, all this stuff going on. But that's just how I grew up. Like, that's just what right. I've known. I, I say this all the time. I know it sounds like a broker. It was a ghost town downtown. When yeah. I first got my license, we would drive around downtown and... and you're lucky to find one in in a handful of buildings that even had any sort of occupation. Um, there there wasn't uh, Lock Three or the or the stadium, um, you know, the baseball stadium, or uh, one fourth of the restaurants and bars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. So it was so people kind of stayed in the burbs and yeah. just did things. It's strip malls and big malls, and now I, I like that it's um, Montrose, baby. Deaggregated Montrose, <laughs> which is yeah, it's like a it's like a little city. Um, it's it's always Did, packed. Does anybody with speaking of mantras and that strip mall mentality, mm-hmm. speaking of that locally sourced, there's been that huge push, and I think for us that have been involved with it, do you feel a little dirty going to Montrose or going to strip I malls? I, yeah. I, I, Sometimes I, I, I definitely. I feel I so. I, I feel so dirty doing yeah. that. Yeah. I do. It, I do too. Yeah, it's like you're giving into the the, the corporate titans. <laughs> you know? When you know what you have available to you, right. it's like uh, just be a little more patient with what you're trying to do. Right. We don't need a Montrose really, and and I hope I don't think anyone anybody from the corporations that run Montrose <laughs> are listening to this. No, no. Are, it's only opinion, guys. Um, but but you know why go to a strip mall when you can go up the street and get honey clothing. Uh, fresh roasted coffee. Yeah. Um, Which, soap, by the way, I, I, I love things. what's happening there yeah, with, with the coffee. It was, uh, there Amazing. was the Akron Honey Company had their mm-hmm. market day 
yesterday. And it was just this little tiny block, but it was there's so much going on. Music, um, you know, local treats, popsicles, uh, uh, veg- vegan, vegan food, Sweet Mary's Bakery, you know, uh, clothing. It, it was just why why do a strip mall when you can get something right. that's so unique? Why do you need and, to? Mm-hmm. And goes right back into the community. You know, when you spend money on local businesses, a higher percentage of that dollar oh, yeah. goes right back into the community, which helps everybody. So you're actually like investing in, you know, and everyone's uh, uh, quality of life. I know oh, that sounds absolutely. a little lofty, oh, yeah, but definitely. that's where it ends up. No, I mean you can see it's a there's a direct correlation. Look at look at where we are now, compared to what it was. There's and I I, I tell people this, and they'll come into the shop and. You just start pushing all these other things, and it's there is this undercurrent that is just rearing its head in Akron, and it has been, and it's been cooking for the last three to five years. Mm-hmm. But man, it's in full effect. In in you know between what DAP's doing with their rent assistance, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you you see some of that coming to fruition. You just see people sticking their necks out and just trying to do cool stuff. Right, and I know I know that um we, you know we're social media friends, and I know you had some. Uh, some reservations about going on a limb and yeah. opening your own store. And yeah. what one thing I I would say to that, any reservations you might have, you can always go back into the life you had before being a business owner. You know, you can yeah. always go back into that career. But if you don't take that risk, you might always wonder what what would have happened if I would have done this. You know, and that's the scary so. part. <laughs> people, and that's the regret people have. Sure. It's like if you don't do it, you know. And I just kept coming back to you know, it just feels right. Uh, having that gut, that gut reaction to it, right? Um, and then wanting to be a player on the on the on the stage in Akron, you know, wanting to provide something that I I feel is a need, um, giving cool space. You know, my always my thing too, being a part of the Cleveland Flea for the last few years, seeing that grow, being a part of that, but also representing Akron and being who we are. Um, oftentimes, a lot of people will, uh, you know. People from Akron are quick to jump up to Cleveland because you've got the you you've yeah. got all sorts of stuff. You don't hear about people from Cleveland jumping down to Akron. No, and you no. know, and I want to continue to create reasons for people to do that. You know, so when, I, when I'm up there, it's like, nope, got my brick and mortar down in Akron. Come yeah. check us out. And there's all kind, you know, there's a district now. You know, there's all sorts of stuff happening. Um, so just being an ambassador for that and giving people a reason. It's only 35 minutes, man. Make yeah. the trip. Well, actually, um, I, I have seen more people jump in from Cleveland to Akron. Crafty Mart now is drawing a lot of Cleveland vendors. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, uh, some of the bigger Crafty Mart events, I've seen Cleveland vendors here. Also, over the weekend, we were talking before we started recording about the Akron Ale Fest, which was yeah. a success. Oof. Launched by as kind of a, um, as a Crafty Mart-sponsored event. And there were Cleveland breweries here. So I think Love Cleveland it. people are realizing that we have our own identity, that we don't really need Cleveland. We no. have our own thriving, self-contained uh, scene here. So, yeah, I hope more people from Cleveland come check out Akron. It's about time, you know. I, I agree. We, we spent so many yeah, decades going to Cleveland. <laughs> Anytime you yeah. had, wanted to see a good band, I had to go, to go to Cleveland for a number of years. Now we've got Musica. Yeah. We've yeah. got the Goodyear Theater. Which is huge. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. That was yeah, so quiet, ex. too, as, right. it, as it was just kind of coming out. Mm-hmm. Just was so quiet and like, boom, it no was. one got this <laughs> right. stellar, stellar place to see some good bands. So true. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that Akron sort of becoming its own thing and having its own identity. Do you have any like Akron favorite restaurants or favorite? I mean, you got to go to the Lockview. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of for me, that's the, the place to be. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's the staples, you know, Diamond Deli downtown. There's still a lot mm-hmm. of people that don't know about that. And you see them opening up their hours more, you know, and then kind of making themselves available, which is awesome. Not being so, I don't want to say hard-nosed, but they had their hours were a little bit funky at times, really just catering to the lunch crowd, but mm-hmm. being open in the evening, which is awesome. But that's just a throwback. You walk into that place, you go, all right, I get it. <laughs> You know, right. and it and that just is awesome. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot of the staples. Um, and as of course you asked me that, and I kind of draw a blank. Yeah, but, you know the lock views there. Um, trying to think, you know, you got Zubs in the square. My favorite. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Cody loves Zubs. Yeah. Well, and then you think you think too with Capri Pizza, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. two doors down. Yeah. You talk to a number of different people, like, oh, I'm going to go to Giorgio's and get a $5 pizza. It's like, why would you? I get it. You're trying to get, you know, trying to save money, value. Mm-hmm. Like, go to Capri, local. The mm-hmm. pizza's off the chart. It's good. Um, yeah, yeah, you get what you pay for. So when you're just dealing yeah. with price, you're going to get, uh, you know, lackluster uh, Cardboard. Co- cookie cutter yeah. type yeah. of items. Hot right. and ready, baby. Hot and ready. Yeah, hot and ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, it's it's just not much more to buy local, you know. It's not really much more than what you're already spending. But I, yeah, I, I'm totally drawing a blank on a lot of other, a lot of other stuff too. But no, it's yeah, we we've got our places in Akron that are. I mean, Lockview, they were just uh, what a year or two ago, one of the top 25 bars in the country. Really? You know, I oh didn't yeah, know that. they were totally voted one of oh, the top 20 okay. yeah, in the whole country. Wow. So what we've got here is 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 next level. Um, maybe mm-hmm. not on the grand scale of like number of places, but it's it's there. It's you've got everything you need. So so um, I I we had Greg Milo on the podcast a little while back, and you and him were, were colleagues at Hoban. We are, yeah, we're, we're colleagues at Hoban. Forced. And, yeah. No. no <laughs> and, and I met and I we talked about this when he was on. It, was, it had an impact on me tremendously. But I went out with you a few times with Project Hope. Yeah. Which you and Greg would load up the van and some students and hand out food and clothing and things to homeless people, and they would go to the tents and in all the nooks and crannies. Of, of the neighborhoods and of you know down kind of in the outskirts of downtown near the railroad tracks and such and you had such a rapport with those folks and and do you do you miss those those outings or um what what's the yeah feeling on that it's 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 bitter it's so tough you know because it's it's not like you know education fulfilled me still it was still part of me and i, I loved what i did and which made the decision the decision so much harder sure um but yeah, actually, I still keep those relationships because I think what Greg and I did and what we tried to communicate to the kids and, and model to them was blur the lines in your life. Right. You know, I think all too often we try to, when it comes to charity, when it comes to, I think just giving, I think of our, because ultimately it comes down to giving of ourselves, blur the lines. We, I always, Greg and I joked about it so much. There's, there's a lot of homeless people in Akron that have my cell phone number. Right. <laughs> you know, and I get, I get some random calls sometimes. But it's still, you know, Greg and I built those into friendships. It wasn't, um, you know, they weren't work relationships. They were friendships. Right. Some are maintained better than others, uh, you know, because some of those people are going through whatever they're going through, and it's tough. Sure. And I love that there was no pity involved. It wasn't like, no. oh, I feel sorry for you here have this sandwich it was like you'd make friendships you would you would treat them like equals 
and yeah. peers, and the kids would too, you know. And, and then, uh, um, aside from that, you would treat the kids like equals, the students. Yeah. You guys were all sort of uh, on equal footing, and that, that really helped the dynamic to be very positive. I, yeah, I think it builds the, the mentality. Um, I think you have to show it. You know, you can't – I think that's one huge component of education that, you know, Greg and I – I, I, I followed his lead in a lot of ways. He's an amazing, mm-hmm. an amazing teacher, and doing so many things. Um, but yeah, treating it as a peer, you know, right. it's obviously there's lines there, but um, but as treating them as such and giving them the responsibility because they're not going to learn to do it if you've got people dictating and telling them what to do. It's like, mm-hmm. oh no, go figure this out because you going and talking to a random stranger, you know, behind High Street Christian Church on a Wednesday night that you've never met you just did that and that's no different than you going up to that person you share a locker next to that you see something in their eyes that you can go strike that same conversation up and and help that person you know and and making that correlation between what you do wednesday night with project hope to to everyday events that's the important part sure and and there was something about authentic about the way you guys operated too which i really uh, appreciated that as well and, and well thank you good i'm sure you're good role models for other teachers so and how did like project hope get started what was you know, there were some organizations already going about okay. something similar um i somebody reached out to me uh they were trying to fill every night of the week okay. with just providing food providing some basic resources for the homeless community um it was just very spontaneous very um organic how it happened and it's one of those you know my my job at the school is is service-based so absolutely this is a great opportunity that fits with i think me personally i I don't think you can ever buy into something if if it's not a manifestation of you you know so it's that was easy for me to jump in on um so we just we we got on board and we we took one of the nights of the week and you know seven plus almost eight years later you know we ended up where we were which is it's it to think i mean that's a blink of an eye you right. know when i think back on it and the, the stories we can tell are uh, crazy i bet you guys talked about writing a book at some point you know so. we we there's there were a lot of musings that that went on um we we did some great documentation through photos uh, and we have we've kind of stockpiled that and what we really liked doing was uh collecting student stories over the years so we have a large stockpile we we did a greg did an amazing job um, keeping up with the blog on a weekly basis, telling the story from his perspective. I chimed in only a handful of times. I'm never disciplined enough to do it. <laughs> but we, you know, I stockpiled all the students' stories. So we have a we had a blog that was going on for years, and just telling the rawness of it, you know, and and through their eyes and their perspective without a filter, um, not giving them any prompt of, you know, we want you to tell these things and what was impactful. It just there's their words. You know, some were very simple and very plain Jane. Some were. You know, we had a, a student that came out with us that had graduated that had struggled with, with his own addiction problems, and he ended up writing, I mean, kid wrote multiple pages, and it's one of those, didn't censor it, you throw it up there, and, you know, and I shared it with all the other faculty members because he was one of those kids that struggled towards the end of his high school career. But for him to go out, that was a cathartic experience. You know, and he's, you know, he's, I don't want to call him an intervention specialist, but, I mean, he's now helping other folks battling there i mean his story is incredible Hmm. um but to see some of that stem from his experience with project hope is it doesn't register with me you know it's just one of those things it just doesn't register but it's it's there right 
And, and so the, the service-based um, experience that you created for your students, I mean, do you, do you find ways to replace that now that you're not teaching? Um, are there other, I mean, do you go volunteer or? Yeah, I, and like I said, I, it, was, it was easy, I think, for Greg and I. Mm-hmm. The logistics stunk. It was hard, you know, and week in and week out. It's, it's a drain on you emotionally. All mm-hmm. through the winter, you yeah, guys would go it's, out. Yeah, it's terrible, you know, and it literally beat us down a lot. I don't think it ever beat our ideology down, you know, our, our, our willingness to help and our, our want to see somebody's life improved. I think we became very accustomed to the realities, you know, and you, and you see those and you get those curtains stripped away a little bit. Um, but yeah, feeling that, feeling that void in my life, um, I still haven't found that balance yet. You know, it's, it's been head first into the, into the shop and, you know, having one foot at school still, and then one foot, you know, trying to, to build this and, and, and do the shop has been difficult. So it's going to take a little time for me, but like I said, it's project hope was, was a part of me, you know? Sure. So those relationships still exist. It might not be under the guise of, you know, an organization, but it's one of those things it's very easy for me to stop and talk to somebody. You know, mm-hmm. it's very easy for me to, to, to share a moment. And that's something I'm always going to continue to do. Sure. Um, and it'll help you build a rapport with your customers. Yeah. People who come into the store. Um, is it, do you, are, you, are you just going to run it by yourself? Do you have anybody helping you? you for have? the most part, yeah. I mean, it's okay. going to be me solo. I mean, I'll, I'll have probably some part-timers helping me man the store because, you know, if I'm doing the farm and flea, if I'm doing crafty, sure. not, you know, not necessarily crafty mark, but farm and flea, if I'm doing the Cleveland flea, I'd like to keep the shop open. So I might have somebody there manning the, the desk and whatnot. Yeah, but it's I'll, I'll be the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. And and so what what are some of your favorite items that you repurpose? What are some of your favorite things to build and to create? Yeah, I love um I love old I, there's something about and this is kind of where a lot of this comes from in developing it. I love the idea of working with your hands. And I love coming at the end of the day, like looking at my hands and I'm just exhausted or beaten and, and just dirty. And I've developed and I've, I've, I've grown, I've appreciated that so much more in my life. Um, part of my upbringing being that and seeing some of my examples in my life. Um, but I love like old work tables. I love seeing what somebody spent so much time at for the longest time. And a lot of people don't give those credit, but seeing those and kind of bringing some new life into them. Um, and that, you know, it's a number of different ways. It's, it's looking at them and kind of putting a new polish on it. It's, lo- you know, doing a little different, putting some new legs on it. Um, I love heavy industrial bases, things like that. So just creating, you know, lifetime pieces for people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tables. Uh, I, I really, my, you know, the, the reclaimed stuff, the repurposed stuff, really got its inception with me in lighting and doing custom lighting work. Um, and that's where everything started before I really started doing any other pieces. Uh, I don't know how I got on it. I don't know. You know, it's just one of those that just looked like it was there for me, you know, for the longest time. But lighting was a big thing, doing pendant lighting. Um, but, yeah, I just I, I love old work pieces from people that, you know, and that's there's the, the thick butcher block tops or things like that. Sure. And it's so much better quality than oh, buying God. stuff in, in a box that <laughs> it, you put together. And like I said, that goes back to that mentality of yeah. the box stores and things like that. Right. Uh, that's the hard part, yeah. And, and, and there's a story that goes with it. You know, when I'm at someone's house and I see reclaimed furniture, repurposed furniture, um, I want to ask them about it. Where yeah. they got it 
and usually there's some sort of story behind it or some sort of personality behind it. And if you're any anybody um, remotely maybe um, spiritual or cosmic, you might believe that there's like personalities of yeah. other people still, you know, emanating from that piece. You know, I have a saxophone that's a hundred years old and it's probably been through, you know, f- five to ten different people yeah. at least. And and I I have this weird notion that like part of the soul of each of those people is is still trapped in that horn and it adds to the flavor and the the palette of sound that i'm now adding and hopefully yep. someday after me someone else will play it and um and the, i don't know that's it's a, the, that's a story you're a part of now sure sure and that's the beauty of and it. they may be just things to people but i i really think that you know good art or things that kind of emerge from art capture the essence of whoever uses that thing um, so, so that's you know, it's really cool that you're you know you're making these things, and maybe Cody, maybe we can get some for your house. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be nice. Lighting, yeah, <laughs> have to. I, I've seen some old lighting that uses like jars and, yeah. and old bottles, the old ball jars and things yeah. like that. I mean, that's you kind of see. Uh, it's kind of a revolt back to some of that stuff. Sure, life moves so fast. The pace of life is so quick. Technology detaches us so much. I think people see that and they grasp it. And that's something that they want to grab onto. And I think it slows life down. I know me personally, that's what it does. You know, there's a slower pace. I've always joked about it. But I, you know, one of my favorite movies is There Will Be Blood. (laughs) <laughs> right. Oh, late, yeah. late 1800s. That's a great That's movie. the era in which I probably should have lived, you know. Right. When you're just everything from start to finish is, is, is you. Uh-huh. You know, you're creating it and building it. I think people people appreciate that and people understand that there's a face behind it now. And like you said, Chris, there's a story behind these things. Sure, yeah. You know, and I, people have reached out to me, hey, if you find such and such, you know, I had somebody reach out to me and, and, hey, in all of your picking and looking and finding, if you ever find a trunk with such and such name in it, Please let me know. It's my grandfather. It was like things I'll never find. Right. Sure. But there's a so, story. But right. Are, are oh, okay. you an avid Antiques Roadshow guy? You know what I I'm not. I can see you watching that. I, I I need to. I need to. You know, somebody <laughs> and a lot of people will talk about like American Pickers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I dig that stuff, but I think any more the exciting thing for me is one. I have there's not a lot of. It's not a lot of time for me to do that, but I'm kind of creating my own story. Yeah, yeah, with it definitely, and that's, that's kind of where I am thinking about it mentally and emotionally. It's like this is my story, and I'm gonna, you don't, <coughs> excuse me, you don't want to. Um, I think at some point in time, I think if you're willing to look at yourself through a different lens, you see a lot of those influences and things and people I've talked to and heard of of their stories. It's like people will benchmark and look at things, but you do that so much that starts influencing what you're doing. And I just want to really tune into what I'm doing and really try to throw that out there and let it be as authentic of me as possible. Yeah. Did that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I think we're going to move into the events portion of our podcast. But before we do that, do you want to kind of talk about the grand opening and like what your hours are going to be going forward? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to this weekend, we're throwing the doors open. We've been doing a series of open houses, just letting people know what's up. You know, it's a high traffic area and it's an old historical building Mm -hmm. being the floor shop for decades and then before that it was an acme so this building has been around for probably a hundred years and it's only been two things mm-hmm. i'm the third you know i want to i want to be there for the next five decades right. you know that's the cool part so we've been throwing the doors open people have been digging it but this is going to be kind of the jumping off point we'll we'll be open saturday 10 to 6 sunday 11 to 4 um this weekend fourth of july weekend we're going to have some some food some drinks for people we're going to have some music um, and then after that, we're going to be open Thursday to Sunday. Uh, you know, oh, okay. really, yeah, start late morning, open till the evening, you know, hit those high traffic times. But, uh, yeah, 
Thursday to Sunday are going to be our full-time hours. Okay, very cool. Yeah, so um, do you have a website? I do have a website. Okay. It's still under construction, so that's the fun part. But the website is birchwoodsupplyco.com. Okay. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, you know, search Birchwood Supply. Uh, we've got our Facebook page giving people, you know, up-to-the-minute updates and things like that. And the Instagram feed is really where um, really tells our story in a pretty, pretty good light. Yeah, I can see this being – I'm starting to appreciate more of the Instagram way of telling a story, which is elegant, yeah. simple, um, very visual. So yeah. I, I could see this being a good Instagram – uh, worthy type of story to tell. We right? actually we actually have, and I'm I'm doing it. Actually, we're launching it this evening, uh, Monday evening. I'm going to throw up our first giveaway. We're going to be giving away some vintage pieces and a Birchwood Supply T-shirt. Uh, oh, awesome. Getting people to get some likes out there, follow the page, oh, okay. see what we're doing. We're get, we've got an old U.S. flag um, and a couple other pieces that we're going to be giving away too, which is kind of exciting. So, did you give out your handle yet for Instagram? No, and, 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 and Instagram is Birchwood Supply Co. Okay. You know, so Birchwood Supply Company, mm-hmm. um, and that's the same thing for Facebook, Twitter. Haven't uh, haven't gotten around to Twitter yet, uh, and we actually do have a Snapchat, but. Those are my, my my two two young guns that help me out from time yeah. to time. They're the ones that man that, so we're not really. I, up I and haven't even downloaded that. that yet. Yeah, don't I'm, I'm don't worry about Snapchat. it. <laughs> it's very bizarre. It's terrifying. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, it is. I, don't, I I stay off of it. Cody's younger generation. You probably use it, don't you? Uh, I have one, yeah, but I don't like it very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's very scary. Yeah. All right, Chris, what, what uh, Akron event you got coming up? Okay, so um, let's look. It looks like this Thursday there's a, a Lock 4 event. The Double Strip is doing these Lock 4 nights, and this oh, is yeah. uh, the Beyonders, Rebecca Jean, and DJ Roger Riddle. And Lock 4 is just down the road from Lock 3. It's a cool little place. Um, Angie Hayes Video Project, Thursday, June 30th at 5.30 p.m. And that it looks like that is at Jilly's Music Room. Oops. <laughs> phone on the table. Um, this weekend is the Akron Art Walk and the opening of Birchwood, right? This yeah, weekend. Yeah. Um, so that's Ju- uh, July 2nd. Um, there are a number of auxiliary programs going on. One is a really cool one called Akron Poetry Capital of the Midwest. And a few local poets are bringing in some regional people and they're trying to, you know, they're really working hard to get Akron to be not- noticed and, and recognized as the poetry capital of the Midwest. This is at 152 Bluff Street. The Buff- Bluff Street Gallery um, will be a cool little event. Uh, let's see. What else is there going on? Actually, next week is July 4th. Go go America. Shoot <laughs> some fireworks. <laughs> Wear your red, white, and blue. Be safe, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Odd Mall Emporium of the Weird Backyard Bash, which I think is in Hudson. It is. That's July 8th. And 9th. Eighth and ninth, along yeah. with very a uh, very funky downtown laundromat mural, which is at the downtown laundromat, ten thirty five South Main Street. Um, Elisa Gargarella and her some of her arts lift students, um, they do a thing called um, I think it's the Art Bomb, um, and it's really cool. I mean, they they descend upon a, a, a piece of area or wall or whatever and, and get some public art created that's really awesome little amount of time and they finish this amazing mural i love the fact they call so, it an art bomb yeah that's it's awesome. the art bomb brigade brigade is the oh, name of it cool. and so she, it's her and her students and that's july 8th at that downtown downtown laundromat also um sci-fi surf rock stand-up comedy july 9th at Aqueduct Brewery, and that's run by Sarah Jones, local comedian. So good place, Aqueduct Brewery. Yeah, by the it's way. great. Really, not, yeah. not a lot of people are hip to it, but it's a cool. Uh, it's spot. awesome. Yeah, and there've been a, we've done some storytelling performances there. Nice. And there's a comedy night, a lot of bands. 
Uh, Robert's a great guy. They got also, a river running through the place. They do. He is, if you talk to it, him yeah. about it, he'll tell you about it. It's amazing. Really? It's a really cool yeah, story. downstairs, it's it's a river running through huh. the building. And I've explored some parts of that building, too, that oh, it's are really be, old. Oh, it's it's going to be awesome. Yeah, so, huh. so yeah, Aqueduct is, is a great place. I'd, I'd highly recommend going out. Um, high... Uh, alcohol percentage <laughs> drinks, <laughs> which is go. always a plus. So that means you don't really have to drink much. You know, you can uh, and then j- get your fill. July tenth, we've got the farm and flea back here. Oh right, July tenth, yeah. Sunday, July tenth. And we're yeah. farm and flea. Doing yeah, some that's cool stuff. Excellent. Okay. And Liz, Liz helped put that whole thing yeah. together, and and she's done an amazing job. The first one was a hit. It was. Yeah. Oh, it was bikes and brews is going to be the the theme for this and they're gonna cool. have blim city bikes here they're gonna have hop and frog the devil's oh, strips okay. gonna be here awesome. a lot of good stuff happening that's very cool okay that sounds hmm. great how about you cody well you stole most of mine i'm uh, sorry sir. let <laughs> me see i've got we're, we're invited to the same facebook event <laughs> I know, I, we are really <laughs> uh keep in mind let's see oh coming up uh july 22nd 23rd 24th 29th and 30th is uh beauty and the beast at dynamics community theater which is a shameless self-plug because i'm going to be in that uh and the tickets are 12 dollars uh 7 p.m for the friday and saturday shows and 2 p.m for the sunday show so that'll be a fun event and then uh july 29th and 30th is monster <clears throat> excuse me is monster fest mania which is the first annual uh pop culture science fiction event uh like old school horror and classic and stuff oh, nice. like that uh literature music old time radio stuff like that so that'll be a really cool event coming up and that's going to be at um uh, what's that place the university of akron the old quaker yeah quaker, quaker station, station. So that's where that'll be. And then Geek Fest is the following weekend at the Akron Library. So cool. we'll plug that again later. But Will the cosplayers be there? Yeah, they will. Awesome. But speaking of monsters, um, I'll do a little tease for our next podcast. We, we won't be on next Monday because of July 4th. But in two weeks, we're going to feature two librarians who are hosting a cryptozoology oh, program in July. I'm in. I'm yeah, in. <laughs> big Bigfoot and then this thing called the Ghost of Whitehall. This guy's making a documentary. Uh-huh quote-unquote documentary right. about that so i i'm really into cryptozoology oh monsters, i love that stuff all that cool <laughs> stuff so I, i'll definitely be at the geek fest and awesome the, the sci-fi extravaganza yeah okay J- jason any events um that you can think of any more events no you guys covered it there's a lot of a okay. st- lot, lot of good things happening definitely Akron, as usual always yeah. and and check out birchwood supply company yeah birchwood supply co on instagram twitter yeah. uh birchwood supply on, on facebook and it's it's a really uh I've seen some photos of the inside of the of the store, and it looks like you have some really uh, amazing pieces of work there, and and very artistic, very visually appealing. So definitely go check it out. Yeah, come see them this weekend at the. Before the uh, we end here, I do have one quick question. I yeah. forgot to ask: Is there a story behind the name? <laughs> some people ask that question. Um, you know what? It just was me brainstorming. You know, I, okay. I, I love the idea of working with wood birchwood is a very multifunctional mm-hmm. type of wood and used in a lot of different ways um it's very earthy just the, the name yeah, yeah I, I think the name's pretty welcoming and i think it speaks to what we're trying to do i think on a lot of different levels between just the custom pieces between the curated vintage stuff and we're going to be bringing in some other makers and some other products um some little finer refined things that are are, are going to really round out the shop well cool um so just kind of that whole supply notion just brings a lot together okay cool yeah. awesome well as, uh, anyway as chris said thank you for coming no. on today it was awesome to meet you and be able to hear all about birchwood supply and definitely looking forward to a trip down there to Please, see what we can I, find i'm very thankful for you guys letting me on <laughs> yeah. today
Uh, As always, we work in partnership with Musica, Urban Eats, the Akron Community Foundation, and the Akron Public Library. Uh, Thank you to our listeners for listening. This is episode, what what are we at, 61? 61. Wow. I know. I think we're coming up on a year here pretty soon. We've passed a year. We've passed our year, yeah. Uh, But we're coming up on, I think, our year. Oh, pretty right, soon right. for uh, the for new, the, for the, the new generation of Spoilsbacker. The new generation yeah. 2.0, next, <laughs> two, next yeah. gen. The next gen um, Spoilsbacker. Yeah, we're, we're part of four different hosts, Jason. Yeah. So we, we switch and uh, mix and match each week. And yeah. then so occasionally with just the four of us are on yeah. oh, as nice. a core four. So, all right, Cody. All well, right. Thanks, for, thanks for making the drive out Thank to, you. to yeah. interview Jason with me. Jason, yeah. thanks for coming in. Yeah, and um, as always, Akron, keep, keep it, it an Akron, Akron day. day.